Have you ever felt a twinge of worry about AI taking over your job or diluting your creativity? Well, what if you could turn that fear into creative fuel? We've just published an amazing new ebook called The Four Keys to Success in an AI World. And this is more than just a guide. It's a deep exploration into the human skills that AI can't touch. The skills that are essential for standing out and thriving, no matter how much technology evolved. We're talking about real differentiators here like creativity, emotional intelligence, critical thinking, and much more. Inside, you'll find actionable insights and strategies to develop these skills, whether you're a creative person, a business person, or just simply someone who loves personal development. This isn't a story about tech taking over. It's a story of human creativity thriving alongside AI. Picture this, AI as your creative co-pilot, not just as a tool, but a collaborator that enhances your unique human skills. The Four Keys ebook will show you exactly how to do that and view AI in a new way that empowers you instead of overshadows you. Transform your creative potential today. Head over to unmistakablecreative.com slash four keys. Use the number four, K-E-Y-S. That's unmistakablecreative.com slash four keys and download your free copy. We don't really get to know the people around us the way we ultimately would want to. And we will real you realize that at some point in your life. And usually, unfortunately, it's too late to have those conversations. Um, and you, you know, you, you don't ask for various reasons. You don't want to pry, you don't want to hurt them. You know, maybe you just don't feel like you have time, or maybe you feel like you have tons of time to, to, you know, ask them later at some other unclear moment, but what's the saddest thing. And this is the one thing I deal with on a daily basis is having a parent or a loved one or sister or someone get diagnosed with something and poof, they're gone. And the family is, there are so many things they don't know and that they, they didn't get a chance to ask. That's really sad. Aside from the fact that those future generations will never get to know those people who had such an impact on who you are and in your life that you would really like other people to know about them. That's what we wanted to change. I'm Srini Rao, and this is the Unmistakable Creative Podcast, where you get a window into the stories and insights of the most innovative and creative minds who've started movements, built thriving businesses, written best-selling books, and created insanely interesting art. For more, check out our 500-episode archive at unmistakablecreative.com. Heather, welcome to the Unmistakable Creative. Thanks so much for taking the time to join us. Thank you for having me. It is my pleasure to have you here. So I found out about your story by way of your publicist. And when I found out what you're doing and what you're building, I thought, yeah, this is kind of a no-brainer. I love uh, everything that this is about and, and what you're working on. But before we get into all that, I wanted to start by asking, what did your parents do for work? And how did that end up shaping the choices that you ended up making throughout <laughs> your life and your career? Well, first of all, thank you for uh, for loving what we do. We we love it also as... <laughs> obviously. Um, my parents, let's see. Um, my father was an engineer, an aeronautical engineer. And when I was very little, they bought my grandfather's jewelry stores. And so my father stayed an engineer actually, but helped my mom run the, the jewelry stores. And my mom pretty much, yeah, she, she ran those stores 
most, you know, my whole life. And I worked with her since I was nine years old in the stores and loved every minute of it. How did that end up impacting where you ended up, what you ended up doing? What were the things that they taught you that Mm. influencing where you ended up, you know, going with your life? Huh. I would say that it had more to do with my grandparents. Um, my parents taught me obviously value of good, you know, hard work. They worked, you know, seven days a week. It was a family owned business. So, you know, the drill becomes, you know, immersive. (laughs) The whole family basically works in it. Um, but my grandparents taught me persistence, resilience and persistence, never giving up and that, you, you can reinvent yourself. You can make, you just make things work and get it done. That was it. Well, you know, I think that one thing I wonder is, you know, with each generation, the advice that you get in terms of, you know, what careers you should pursue seems mm-hmm. to change. I mean, you even see it with, you know, how my parents were with me versus my sister and, you know, especially being immigrants, like, you know, the advice mm-hmm. that they give you, when you're a first kid is, you know, do something yeah. stable, do something secure. And mm-hmm. I wonder how the, the, you know, the advice changed. I mean, you know, your grandparents had this family owned business, but your dad became an aeronautical engineer while also staying in the business. Mm-hmm. What did your parents tell you about making your way in the world? I mean, outside of, you know, hard work and, and persistence, like, do they encourage you to go down any particular career paths or was there pressure that you would actually become part of this family business? I always thought I would become part of the family business. Um, Unfortunately, it came to a, there came a point where uh, it just wasn't sustainable as a family business, as a small business anymore. Um, they sold that when I was about, I don't know, I think it was 19 or so, 20. Um, but after, even before that, it, they never, no, they never pushed me in any direction, actually. I don't think they pushed any of, I have two other siblings and I don't think they pushed any of us actually into any particular career. Um, it was, I was a very curious child. (laughs) So, and, um, I think that that's probably helped me a tremendous amount, even more so than probably the way I was raised, but obviously I was raised by you know, when you own a family business, risk and kind of uncertainty is a constant and you're constantly changing. So I grew up in that environment. So it had to affect me in a lot of different ways. Um, but I think my personality in general has led me specifically to this, this point. Um, one thing I wonder, as somebody who grew up being immersed in a family business, having to see your parents sell that business mm-hmm. and you know do what you do. When you look at the state of the economy today where you know Amazon pretty much owns the world and <laughs> you go to Main Street in the middle of America, and this is something I realized when I was driving from California to Colorado, that mm-hmm. living in sort of you know these bubbles of privilege is not a real representation of what this country is actually like. Right. And 
when you drive down Main Street in the middle of America, you suddenly start to see that, wait a minute, life is pretty rough here for these people. No wonder many of them are pissed off. Uh, mm-hmm. or, uh, you know, what you make of that as somebody who actually grew up in a family business, you know, do you think we're, we're headed in a dangerous direction? And if so, you know, how do we course correct? Like, what are we going to do to change this? Oh, wow. That's a big question. Um, I definitely saw the erosion, obviously, of the family-owned business in a particular environment. So it wasn't so much that it was in a strip mall. It was in a major mall. They were, both stores were in a, two major malls. And the issue became you just couldn't compete against the larger department stores and um you know, other, other major chains. So yeah, you, you know, they were at a time when they could retire, so it didn't really matter to them, but, um, someone would have had to take the concept of the store that they had and really blow it up. And that just wasn't in them at the time. Uh, as for small businesses in general in this country and how how I think we're going, um, or the economy. I think that every, I've, one thing I've seen is, and especially in, in talking to so many people and telling everybody's you know, stories is that every generation deals with an economic shift or a change and they've all gotten through it. They've all made their way. So it's not, I'm not, I'm not necessarily afraid of the Amazons or the Walmarts or things like that. I do think it's harder to to have a family-owned business, but I think you just have to be smarter about it. You have to be smarter about where your location is. You have to be smarter about you know how you market your business. I do think there's a lot of space, though. There's there's a ton of people in this country, especially just. You know, if you just took the the market in the United States, it's it's a massive market. And you, the one great thing is a small business can actually be national. You know, it doesn't have to be just local. So, you know, and and that's not you don't even need a physical presence to be national anymore. So it's, I don't know. I think I think that this generation will be fine and they'll work it out. And businesses might be different, and that's okay. I guess the the thing is that you know I think that what's interesting is that you have a generation where there's an abundance of opportunity, but there's also a, an abundance of competition uh, mm-hmm. in a way that we've never had before. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. in addition to the fact that often something that starts out as a small business ends up becoming a behemoth, mm-hmm. um, and, and so it, it's funny because I think that you. Know, you're right. Like there's no question that every generation works it out. I, I just think that we're kind of seeing the accumulation of multiple generations, uh, you know, problems that we've ignored for decades now starting to hit sort of a tipping point. Mm. That might be so the markets might have to catch up or things might have to change to, to adapt to the new reality. But I don't think that that's never happened before in a, in a civilization. I mean, if you look at the 2000 years of a, in history, it's happened quite a bit. Um, it, you know, it, it does, it might happen slower than people want it to. And I think that the, probably the issue right now is that 
the technologies may change happen so quickly that the other factors haven't had a chance to catch up yet. Um, that's not to say they won't. I mean, they, they, if we do something incredibly wrong, it, you know, they, they might not as easily as they might have if we had, if we make the correct moves, but I don't, I am pretty positive actually. So, um, I think you just, it's a new world. You just have to be, you have to figure it out and you have to be smarter than everyone. You know, it, I don't know. I don't want to say smarter than everyone else because there are some amazingly smart people that start businesses and they still fail. Um, a, a tremendous amount of it is luck, it's timing, and it's always been that case. You know, you, you, I don't think any entrepreneur will tell you that, yeah, I had it totally figured out from the very beginning. <laughs> and um, I, you know, I knew exactly what to do. And yeah, it was, you, you take it day by day, literally, you know, you, you, you figure it out. And that, that takes, that takes risk. It takes courage. It takes determination. It takes, you know, never, never giving up. Um, I obviously there is a time that you have to give up, but, um, it just, it's also luck and timing. And my grandfather told me something that was really has probably guided my whole life in, and that was, and it's been said before, know what you're weak at and surround yourself with the best possible people that you can afford to fill in and compliment you. Um, and it's all about the team that you surround yourself with, essentially. And I think that if you're able to do that as an entrepreneur, then you have a much better chance of succeeding. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. 
They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. As creators, we're always on the move. Whether it's a live podcast event, a pop-up shop, or a workshop, we're constantly interacting with community, and that's where Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe comes in. Imagine this, you're at a live event, a listener loves your merch, or a participant wants to sign up for your course on the spot. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, you can accept their payments right there and then, right from your iPhone so there's no extra hardware or no delays. Total game changer. It's not just for creators. Any business owner can do this. It's about making transactions smoother and much more personal, growing your business in your way. We've been using Stripe for our products and courses for a long time, and now with Tap to Pay on iPhone, you can take your business to the next level too. So visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone to learn more. Remember folks, with tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe, your business is always at your fingertips. Yeah, you mentioned that you were a very curious kid and there are two words yeah. brought up in our conversation over and over again, which are risk and uncertainty. Yeah. Um, one thing that I have noticed with adults in general is that as we get older, our curiosity declines our tolerance for risk declines and our tolerance for uncertainty declines for good reason in a lot of cases Mm -hmm. because you know the consequences of a risk when you have a family that you're responsible for and you have to keep a a roof over their head start to age like you start to have Mm -hmm. more liabilities you know Mm -hmm. in one way they're assets but they're also liabilities because Mm -hmm. they prevent you from doing things like i to me i I realize that every decision in life is a trade-off between freedom and security right i wonder how you you develop that tolerance for risk and uncertainty when you weren't raised in an environment like the one that you're in, because there are a lot of people who honestly haven't taken any real risks in their entire lives, even though mm-hmm. they think they are. And I personally think certainty and security are illusions anyways. Mm-hmm. Oh, they are. Absolutely. And unless you understand that, then you can never take the risk. Yeah. You know, if you're, but, if you, if you fully have bought into, I am, I'm going to be secure for the rest of my life, then you won't move. You won't move forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You won't grow. Okay. You won't, you won't change anything. And change is the basis. Change happens whether you want it or not. We're surrounded by change. So it's just, you know, whether you deal with it, you and how you deal with it and whether you're open to making, you know, certain decisions. And I think that's what you're talking about in that, yeah, it's risky. You know, I'm what I'm like mid fifties. And I thought when I, you know, when I started this, I was like, what the hell am I doing? Because, you know, you think of people that have started tech businesses and they're all like in their twenties, you know, it's okay. And it, you know, they have nothing to really lose. And yeah, it's, I live with that risk every day, but it's okay. Cause I know I'm going to be okay. I know that we're going to make it, my whole team, we are all going to make a success of this. And that's just it. it. There's no going back. So, 
What do you do? <laughs> you know, you can't, totally. you're not going <laughs> to, I'm not jumping off a bridge, but you know, <laughs> you're, yeah. you have to deal, you have to deal with what you're, what you're, your reality at the moment and do the best you can. Yeah. Well, I think that, you know, I appreciate the fact that you brought up, you know, luck timing and acknowledging mm-hmm. weaknesses and it's, yeah. um, you know, you're, you've got this sort of unwavering conviction that you're going to absolutely make this a success. So mm-hmm. how do you balance that optimism with, you know, being rational enough to recognize where your weaknesses are, where you could go wrong? Mm-hmm. Because I think that there's a sort of fine line between optimism and delusional optimism. And a lot yeah. of times delusional optimism is what gets people in trouble and causes them to make mm-hmm. you know really bad decisions and take reckless risks as opposed to mm-hmm. strategic yeah. and, you know, calculated risks. Right. I think that's the team that you surround yourself with and hopefully hoping, you know, hope to God that you have someone that can actually say no, you know, in, or listen, there's another way to do this. And, you know, let's explore this. Um, you, you know, you have to have really good communication. You have to, um, you definitely have to be on top of it. You have to have great advice, truly. And and not only great advice, but you have to learn how to take it and you have to learn how to make it work for you. Well, I think that there are two layers to that, right? You know, not only take the advice and Mm -hmm. I realized there's a big distinction between what you need to hear and what you want to hear. And often what you need to hear isn't necessarily what you're going to like, and it doesn't always feel good, but usually it's good advice. Uh, But yeah. And then also, you know, learn how to make it work for you. I think that Mm -hmm. when I think about prescriptive advice, and this is part of the reason I asked the questions I do in the way that I do, mm-hmm. I think all prescriptive advice is contextual. Yeah, you know, I think that we can't just mm-hmm. blanket universally say anything works for. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. You know, and so often I feel like when people who uh, write self help books or even do work like I do, mm-hmm. they don't take into account that you know your context is privilege. Like. This is a conversation of privilege because, you know, we're in positions where we're able to do this. And I think we often overlook that. Explain to me. Tell me more about that. Well, I mean, I think that, you know, it's one thing to say, okay, like anybody can go do anything. But the reality is if somebody's working three jobs just to keep food on the table, grow up in poverty and Mm -hmm. grow up in extreme poverty. I only know this because I've seen it, you know, in Mm -hmm. my own country where, you know, there are people who don't have upward mobility because of the social structures of the society they're in. And oh, absolutely. It's really, yeah, it's really difficult. I, yeah, no, so, I, 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 I understand that. Um, yeah. it, so by privilege, you mean uh, that I might have grown up in an environment where I had opportunities to absolutely. explore yeah. and, and a kind of a safety net, if you will. Um, I would never deny that I do, you know, and, and I am. Um, and yeah, it, it, I can't even imagine, uh, needing to work and have a, you know, hold down two jobs to just feed my family. I, I, that's not something I've ever had to really live. And so therefore I, I don't think that I could completely understand what, what people are what it's like to be in that situation. Um, I have seen though, a lot of immigrants 
and that have worked, you know, two, three jobs and yet have gone on to make some decisions along the way that have really changed, you know, managed to lift them out of that situation. Um, I've seen it countless times. I, you know, even my husband, I mean, he, he doesn't need to, but he, I mean, it's kind of frustrating, but he has a tremendous amount of bandwidth and he could literally do full, two full-time really intensive jobs uh, and be successful at it, at both of them. And so it, it's, I think it's a lot of personality. It's a lot of um, what drives you. Um, it's, uh, it's being smart about what you do also, uh, you know, and, and by smart, I mean, kind of efficient. Um, I'm the only person that can do X, for example, you know, so I'll do it. And, you know, or who around me, who in my team or who in my support system can do Y if I don't have to do it because I need to do X. So it's asking for help a lot of times, which is really hard for a lot of people. Um, It's surrounding yourself, making sure that you do have a good support system and being aware that you do need that support system and that help. Um, Yeah, I would never say that, that someone can't do it. Because I have seen it happen. I have seen it happen a lot, actually. But it is yeah, I mean, very, but it is very, very difficult. And there, the the system. I mean, you're right. If you want to talk about the system that we have right now, the system is not conducive to helping you do that. You no, you exactly. will you will be fighting that system and and getting slammed up against a wall plenty of times. And it's just you someone in that situation, it's finding a way around a slam door, basically. You know, and okay, so here's an example. There's a game that I love to play and I grew up playing. And it was a it's called Rama Cube. And my grandmother, I remember saying all the time as we were playing and t- when she was teaching me, especially in all the games, there's always a way. And you know, some people will say, oh, you know, but no, sometimes there's not a way to win. Okay, fine. Someone else won before you. But yeah, if you don't look at it that way, if you don't look at life and have that, that attitude, then you won't win or you won't find that way because you're not trying. You're, you're not It's, it's, it's difficult. It's really difficult. It's, it's definitely not easy. There was a, there was a homeless person that, um, (laughs) we moved into our house and I'll never forget it. The morning we wake up, my husband's making coffee. He looks out the window and there's a homeless person sleeping in the home next door to us in like a little kind of a, uh, an alcove, right? And so he takes a cup of coffee and he goes outside and says, would you like a cup of coffee to the guy? 
And he starts a conversation and it turns out the house that we had bought had been empty for quite some time. So he had been sleeping on our side of the house in an, our little alcove. <laughs> and so when he found that, when he saw that we had, someone had moved in, he just moved to the other, the next, the next door house. And, um, we did try, we tried to help him. It, unfortunately, he, he wasn't, you, you know, you want to talk about a fantastical, you know, delusional, um, sense of reality. I think he suffered greatly from that. And he just would, he wasn't willing to do what he needed to do in order to get out of the situation that he was in. And we really, really tried to get him to, to, to get him help. Uh, but it didn't, it didn't work. He, he just wouldn't, he wasn't having any of it. So, you know, I don't, I don't even know what happened to him, but it's the, I, I was amazed and shocked to find out just how difficult it was for him to move out of that situation or even get close to getting some sense of dignity and a life back. It, it just, once you, once you get into that system, it, it was shockingly hard to get out of it. You needed help. You, you couldn't do it. There was no way he could do it by himself. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. 
As creators, we're always on the move. Whether it's a live podcast event, a pop-up shop, or a workshop, we're constantly interacting with community, and that's where Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe comes in. Imagine this. You're at a live event, a listener loves your merch, or a participant wants to sign up for your course on the spot. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, you can accept their payments right there and then, right from your iPhone so there's no extra hardware or no delays. Total game changer. It's not just for creators. Any business owner can do this. It's about making transactions smoother and much more personal, growing your business in your way. We've been using Stripe for our products and courses for a long time, and now with Tap to Pay on iPhone, you can take your business to the next level too. So visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone to learn more. Remember folks, with Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, your business is always at your fingertips. I, I had a mentor who traveled around the country to visit all 50 states, you know, uh, work one on one with 500 people. And at the mm-hmm. start of the project, he spent a few nights in homeless shelters and he actually talked to the directors of the shelters. And one of the things that always stayed with me, he said that, uh, you know, we want to get people out of here in 90 days uh, at the latest, because he said the problem that happens is that once you get past 90 days, what initially was a circumstance becomes an identity. And he said, and from that point forward, it becomes way harder to get them out of the situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's probably true. Very true. I could see that. No. Yeah. Well, walk me through the trajectory of what led to the founding of Storyfile. Hmm. So I had kind of fallen into um, designing uh, traveling exhibitions. and. For some reason, whatever reason, I quickly became somewhat of an expert in intergenerational memory and in particular around um, with dealing with Holocaust survivors and their families and, you know, all the generations subsequent to them. Um, And it occurred to me one day, I was having these amazing conversations with these Holocaust survivors just you know, around the kitchen table when we weren't filming them, et cetera. And it just occurred to me, my great grandchildren will never be able to have these conversations. You know, they had written books, we'd done exhibitions, we, there are museums, there are films and things like that. But these people had so much experience, so many things to teach us that it was just, it, it kind of, since they affected my life, I couldn't imagine another generation not being inspired and and it not affecting their lives in a in a positive, you know, substantial way. Um, and the the whole way we understand uh, World War II is somewhat because of them and the the fact that they've been talking in the public for so long. Um, and so I said, "There's got to be a way to replicate." the experience of having a conversation with someone who is not, who, who's no longer with us. Um, that led me on a journey and that was in 2009. And I started this, that led me to, a, on a journey to find a solution to being able to have a conversation with anybody actually, when they were not, when they were not present with you. So I, they, they, could be across the world and sleeping and you're you're having a conversation with them or they could have passed away already and you're having a conversation with them but i mean just think about what you do you talk you find interesting people to talk to every week multiple times probably 
we human beings, that's how we learn. That's, that's how we absorb everything and understand everything that's going on around us. It's through those stories. It's through those conversations. It's through just learning a little bit, like the, the thing that stuck with you with, from your mentor with the, the homeless situation. It, it's those situations all piled up, compile who you are. Our past, our, our, our family before us that, that shaped our lives. And you're right to ask that same, the, the question that you asked in the beginning, what did your parents do for a living? It, it all shapes our, our own identity. So what if you could actually get to know those people that came before you and hear those stories firsthand? Not the whole telephone game, you know, where three generations later, the, the stories become just, you know, a fairy tale or, you know, I wanted everybody to be able to just ask the questions they wanted to ask. What's on their mind? What are they curious about whenever they wanted to ask it? And it, you know, it's not, you have all these documentaries, you have these books and you have these films, but they're all curated messages for you. You know, a, a documentary is, is something that someone wanted to tell you. It's a story someone wanted to tell you. There's so many other ways that story could have gone if you were, if you were a, able to actually have those conversations, you would find out what you wanted to know and what you were curious about. And everybody does this. You ask questions of other people and your questions are actually things that you want to know to help you. And they're things that you're dealing with at, in this moment in time. And you want answers. You want to know other people's experiences, what they've done, to solve these issues that you're going through. So I just wanted the world to be able to do that. Actually. Yeah, no, the, un- <laughs> the ongoing joke with our listeners is that every guest I choose is a reflection of some problem that's going on <laughs> in my life. Um, yeah, no, I mean, that's why so what's I took pro- to what problem is going on with your life? Well, well, right now, well, it was, it was years for years. It was dating experts and, you know, right. I think that that came to an end, but, um, <laughs> even though, uh, you know, that problem has been solved, but that's another story for another day. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, I mean, that's, that's literally what drew me to it. I thought to myself, I'm like, wow, there's probably a lot of questions that I may have asked my dad in passing or that mm-hmm. I've never thought to ask and to yeah. be able to have them preserved and recorded mm-hmm. in a way that's timeless and to be able to mm-hmm. always go back to them without necessarily, you know, picking up the phone. But I think the other yeah. thing that I realized is that, you know, we take the time that we have left with people who matter most to us for granted in a way mm-hmm. that we never have. You know, if you look at communication, technology, I was just telling a friend, you know, this the other day, uh, you know, as our communication technology has become more and more sophisticated, the way that we communicate has become less and less sophisticated, ironically. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It's basically like, you know, we've handed cavemen iPads and they're like, no, we'll just keep writing on stone tablets. <laughs> uh, right, right. It, yeah, you're right. But, um, you know, yeah, it, we don't really get to know the people around us the way we ultimately would want to and we will real you realize that at some point in your life and usually unfortunately it's too late to have those conversations um and you you know you you don't ask for various reasons you don't want to pry you don't want to hurt them you know maybe you just don't 
feel like you have time or maybe you feel like you have tons of time to, to you know, ask them later at some other un, unclear moment. But what's the saddest thing? And this is the one thing I deal with on a daily basis is having a parent or a loved one or sister or someone get diagnosed with something and, you know, poof, they're gone. And the family is just, they, there are so many things they don't know and that they, they didn't get a chance to ask. That's really sad. Aside from the fact that those future generations will never get to know those people who had such an impact on who you are and in your life that you would really like other people to know about them. So that's what we wanted to change. Yeah, I, I totally understand if this is too personal, but I, I'm curious when you think about you know the people in your own family whose memories you wanted to preserve using StoryFile. Um, I'm just curious, like what you did to do that, which family members um, you've been able to do that with, and do you now make a deliberate effort to do this with the most important people in your life? Oh, for sure. I've, both my parents have done a story file. Um, actually, when we had the, we had a working prototype about, oh, this must be about three years ago, and my husband's father was diagnosed with dementia, and it it actually wasn't him. It was his daughter that said to him, dad, can you give me the demo, you know, give me the prototype and I'll do an interview, a story about with grandpa, because I know that, you know, I'm going to get married one day. I might have kids and they're never going to get to meet him. And he's not going to remember who they are. He's not even going to remember who I am, even if he is alive. So she did that story file. There's no way that he would be able to do that today. What have you seen are um, outside of you know passing on intergenerational memories, intergenerational intergenerational wisdom, uh, you know historical events and, and things that we don't get to experience up front? What are the ways that have surprised you that people have used story file? What are the ones that were unexpected? <laughs> um. <laughs> Forgetting birthdays and actually asking the person, what, you know, when were you born? <laughs> Remind me again. Well, when, when when did you get married? Um, yeah. And the the most surprising ways is, uh, you know, after they've gone and um, even in, in funerals, people have used their story files uh, in the funeral service, um, which we didn't necessarily anticipate we, you know, it's, um, you can, I mean, they, they, people are, uh, can use it any way they want, obviously, but, um, yeah, it's interesting. You know, I ha- we had one, uh, particular person that didn't want their family to know they had done a story file. Um, and they put the URL to their story file in their will. And it's going to stay there until until they pass away. Um, a, I don't know, unusual ways. The thing about the conversational video and what we've built is that there's so many ways to use it. I mean, it's truly an endless 
are, you know, there, there are endless opportunities and, you know, people, one interesting thing, one um, business and they're building an app and it's using StoryFile as the base of the app. The, the concept is you will be able to talk to this given group of people. Um, you know, it's, it's just, it's a very interesting thing. You know, it, from politicians, I mean, how many of us would have loved to been able to actually have a personal conversation? How much would that change the way that we relate or connect with a political figure? or understand them. If we could actually sit down across from them, they're on our TV, they're on our phone, they're on our laptop, and we are able to ask them whatever we want, basically. Um, Obviously, there's a limit to the data because we don't alter anything that you say. We don't edit it. We don't. And so whatever you record the answers to whatever questions, however many questions that you've answered, that is your database. But, you know, there are ways to get it around it and and make it somewhat of a natural conversation. Um, They're not going to be able to answer everything, but they'll, you know, the individual might say to you, you know, that's a great question, um, but would you like to ask me something else about da-da-da? You know, um, think about, all the questions that we had for uh, our college professors that, you know, we couldn't find in a book and just, you know, why, why go into Google and you get 20 pages with uh, supposedly with answers to your question and you go down a rabbit hole and it takes six hours. Why not just ask somebody? Also, you know, I was recently uh, diagnosed with something and I want to know how to tell my family about it, or I want to know, you know, what to expect. And pretty soon you, you're like 10 hours later, you, and you still haven't found the answer. So it just, it allows you to get at information in a very direct way through, and, and you can use it for almost anything, you know, Anything, anytime you have a question about something, there could be a story file that you could ask and get that question directly from somebody that either experienced it or is an expert at it or, or you can relate to. That's what it is. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I just hearing you talk about this, I'm just thinking about all the ways in which this could be used for all sorts of things. Cause I always wanted to, I made a documentary about the women in my family because they're all amazing cooks. Mm. This was right when iPhone. Uh, 11 yeah. came out and I thought, oh, the video capabilities are amazing. But yeah. another one that I wanted to do was a documentary film about arranged marriage because I'm Indian. Mm. So most of the people in my family, like you know, the previous mm. generation, all of them had arranged marriages. And those are yeah. stories that I, I want to hear. And I, I feel like I could get them to all do that. And, you know, without me having to sit down and interview them, but them just sitting and recording yeah. their answers, I could assemble that into a documentary film very easily. <laughs> oh, sure. Sure you could. But so... Have you ever watched a documentary that you have not had a question about after it <laughs> or wanted to find no. out something? Okay. Yeah. So the, the, the concept is, yeah, you could do a documentary from, from a story file and all the responses that they've given, but then you need the story file to go with that documentary so that people that have questions, their own questions can also ask them 
because so, it, you you can't include everything that you want that you want you're going to want to include a lot that you will have to ultimately edit out of that documentary totally. so why not have some way for all of that information and all of that that, that whole story to be available to the public yeah no it, you're just making me think that it, it could take the entire concept of a documentary film and make it much more interactive where mm-hmm. Yeah, the audience can submit questions and, you know, the person who was being asked the questions can actually just keep adding to this archive. Yeah, yeah. You can add to, you. yeah, you can add to your story file anytime. Um, it's, it, we, I mean, we toyed with the idea of making a, um, well, we did make an, a mobile app actually first. Instead of the the story file life right now is a uh, a web app, um, but I mean they, they're will probably come up with a mobile app, come out with a mobile app, and that wouldn't be that's not that's not a sit down and one shot, you know, or I'm dressed in the same outfit and there's continuity between my responses, you know, and it actually feel you're immersed. The The interesting thing is that people actually, even if they know they're not really talking to a person, they feel when they've left that they're at, that they've actually had a conversation. And part of that is the illusion of that person being there because they're dressed in the same outfit, they look the same, and they're looking at you. So the thing about the mobile app is slightly different in that if you did a diary form, a story file in a somewhat of a diary form, you wouldn't have consistency between your responses. So you could record, you know, 20 responses at this moment. You could record 20 questions at a, another given moment. You can talk about a, a vacation that you just had um, and how it impacted you. You you could talk about your whole life. Actually, you know, it could be an archive of humanity. Actually, you, all of humanity can answer these questions every single day about what we're all going through. And, you know, 20, 50 years from now, think about how much we would understand about the world and each other if we were, if we knew all of this if people knew about what other people were going through. That's what, that's what we ultimately, that's what we ultimately want to do is just make it so that you can connect with anyone you want. Who's had different experiences, maybe than you have had different lives entirely different. You know, they've lived in different places. They've lived in different times, but What you will find is that there's one commonality and and the human story is not actually that different. It's there are universal things that people have asked the same questions basically for over 2000 years. So 4,000 years, whatever, however long you think that our civil, our human beings have been in existence and communicated to each other. So there is a way to get to know people that across the aisle or people that don't, you know, I would love, love to ask a lot of people questions about just 
tell me why, tell me why you think that way. You know, what, what is your thought process? You know, how do you, why do you, how do you feel about this? And, and basically why? Just to understand, try to understand. Yeah. You know, I think that that literally was going to be my next question was, Mm -hmm. uh, you mentioned your politicians earlier and Mm -hmm. we've created this incredibly divisive political environment, particularly here in the United States, where people only consume information that confirms what they already believe, which just amplifies what they already believe. It's kind of like, you know, whether you watch Fox News or whether you watch CNN, Mm -hmm. it just takes you deeper into that rabbit hole where you start clicking on links that do this and algorithms Mm -hmm. to do that. And yet we don't have the time because of that. We don't talk to each other. We take information from quote unquote authorities without Mm -hmm. actually talking to each other. And I, I wonder, do you think it's about called, it's how... called uh, critical thinking and yeah, and it's also, Absolutely. there's a word for it, digital literacy that I know that, uh, you know, schools have been trying to teach, you know, how to think for yourself and how to, uh, you know, analyze things that you, you get fed. Um, you use the word we, and I don't, I don't think of it as a we. I think of it as something that was actually it was it was set up to do exactly that you know that the particular algorithms and the and as, as good intentioned as it might have been at the at the beginning that's the way it turned out you know and and that's what the result was and I don't think anybody did it maliciously um but then there's also the fact that propaganda has pretty much <laughs> every civilization's used propaganda. And it's just a matter of who uses it better than the other. And I think the, the whole thing about the, our country right now and being, you know, somewhat seemingly divisive, even though. I think that everybody still really wants the same thing in the end um, is that you it's um, I think that that was purposefully and very actually brilliantly uh, cultivated um, and intentional but it was done by very few people it wasn't a we i think it was it was and it's probably propagated by the we but it that's it's a complicated thing but i wish that a lot more people were critically thinking and not reacting um and really thinking about what they're seeing and what they're reading and where it came from, and who is saying it, and what is it, and, and just having a, um, a lot more digital literacy in the world would help a lot. Yeah, I guess the reason that I brought up the question is it just made me think about what you do as a way of actually, you know, enhancing digital literacy, but also mm-hmm. bringing people who don't necessarily believe the same things together to understand each other. Yeah, because you you don't. I don't have to be afraid of upsetting that individual. I don't have to be afraid of it getting confrontational. 
this person doesn't even know that I'm talking to them. So, you know, I can ask them anything and, and get, you know, as long as there's, you know, they've talked honestly and answered the questions that, um, that are in their story file, um, then, you know, you, they have to, they have to have gone there. They have to have actually opened up and answered the questions that they're being asked. So, I mean, that could happen one way, you know, one or two ways, either somebody, um, sends them the, the questions to, to ask or suggest that they put this in their story file, or they answer the questions that are, that are, give, that are options for them to answer. And they answer those honestly. So. Well, um, I feel like that, you know, this is an incredibly beautiful and rich and layered uh, story, no pun intended, uh, in terms of <laughs> what's possible with it. I just, you know, when I, right you. when I saw it, I thought, wow, this is actually one of those things that I really want to hear about and share. Um, so Thank I you. have one final question for you, which is yeah. how we finish all of our interviews at the Unmistakable Creative. What do you think it is that makes somebody or something unmistakable? What, say that again? What do you think it is that makes somebody or something unmistakable? By unmistakable, do you mean noticed? Or well, I so it's funny because every now and then people ask me, "What do you mean by the question?" And then yeah, other times people know the question is coming. So people have answered this in numerous ways. Yeah, mm-hmm. everybody's had a, a different definition for this. Mm-hmm. Uh, my definition has always been something so distinctive that nobody could do it but you. I mean, ah, okay, yeah, that's okay. my definition. Yeah, but you have to define it when when you write a book called Unmistakable. You have to write a definition for it. Okay, no, no, no. I I thought that was where you're going, but I wasn't. I wanted to be sure. Um, that's an interesting question because I don't really feel that anyone does anything that someone else would not be able to do as well. Um, you know, they say that you, you come up with these ideas and inventors come up with these things and da da da, but you know, someone else has probably thought about it before as well. They just didn't, might not have done it. I I do think, you know, as we were talking earlier, it's a con confluence of, of factors that go into it. How you arrive at a, a given moment and how you come up with something or you can, how you do something that no one else can do. I think it, it definitely was kind of a, it was a, it's a journey to make you, you know, to make, or to do something or be something that no one else can do as well. Everyone's unique. I mean, every, you know, as, as much as I just said that humanities deals with the same things and everybody wants the same things and everybody ultimately life and being human, the human experience is very similar. Yet every single person has a different story. There's not one person in the world that I could not learn something from. Not one. So no. Uh, no, I don't know if I'm if there's anything that's unmistakable about me. Actually, I think that makes a, a beautiful place to wrap up our conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank, I can't you. thank you enough for taking the time to join us and share your story and your wisdom and insights with our listeners. Where can people find out more about you, your work, and everything that you're up to? Uh, storyfile.com and storyfile.com/life is the experience that you can go through and you can record your family members. You can record your own story file. 
Um, and there are a lot of new things coming out. So keep your, keep your eyes on it. Amazing. And for mm-hmm. everybody listening, we will wrap the show with that. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Have you ever felt a twinge of worry about AI taking over your job or diluting your creativity? Well, what if you could turn that fear into creative fuel? We've just published an amazing new ebook called The Four Keys to Success in an AI World. And this is more than just a guide. It's a deep exploration into the human skills that AI can't touch. The skills that are essential for standing out and thriving, no matter how much technology evolves. We're talking about real differentiators here like creativity, emotional intelligence, critical thinking, and much more. 
Inside, you'll find actionable insights and strategies to develop these skills, whether you're a creative person, a business person, or just simply someone who loves personal development. This isn't a story about tech taking over. It's a story of human creativity thriving alongside AI. Picture this, AI as your creative co-pilot, not just as a tool, but a collaborator that enhances your unique human skills. The Four Keys ebook will show you exactly how to do that and view AI in a new way that empowers you instead of overshadows you. Transform your creative potential today. Head over to unmistakablecreative.com slash four keys. Use the number four, K-E-Y-S. That's unmistakablecreative.com slash four keys and download your free copy.